Hello, and welcome to the Faith Over Fear podcast, where we attack our most pervasive fears with truth. Because life is too short for any of us to live enslaved. We are passionate about helping God's children live in freedom. We would love to chat with you online or on social media. Visit our show notes to learn how to connect with us. I'm Jennifer Slattery, and I'm here with Tina Yeager, an award-winning author, inspirational speaker, and life coach. Tina hosts the Flourish Meant podcast, and she publishes Inspirations Online, which is a weekly devotional for writers. So if you're a writer, I would encourage you to check out her courses at Serious Writer Academy. And you can visit our show notes to find out more, like her website and where you can connect with her. And today, she is going to be sharing some insights as a licensed counselor on how stress impacts our anxiety levels and what we can do to find increased peace. Well, Tina, the other day I read some sobering statistics regarding mental health trends. And to put it simply, people, youth especially, seem to be more anxious and more depressed than ever. Has that been your experience? Absolutely. It's frightening how quickly that rise has happened, especially with the epidemic that causes to all sequester inside and get isolated. Social isolation is terrible for depression and anxiety. And they're related, in fact, in more ways than people realize. Well, I can actually understand. I I know I feel such increased joy when I'm with people I really, really care about and that I feel really connected with. So I can understand that as well. So what would you say to someone, I mean, who feels like they don't necessarily have a way to connect or maybe not in the way that they've been accustomed to? I think we need to be creative about finding ways to connect with people with phone conversations. And if it's the only way that you can connect, connect in a Facebook group that's discussing something positive or some other kind of social media, like a Zoom meeting, get your friends together and have a party on Zoom if you have to, but do connect and do positive things in those connections more than just complaining or talking about current events, which can bring us back down again. You want to make sure that you're lifting one another up and encouraging one another, which is what God intended for us to do. That's how we're created. We're created to be in community and to be in relationship. And when we're not, we're trying to live in a way that's outside of our design and that causes us issues. Wow. Yeah, I could see that. Now here is kind of a shameless plug. We do have Holy Love Ministries does have an online private community that is a very very positive environment. And so I would encourage you to join and we'll put that in the show notes as well. You know, I think Tina too, just thinking about all of the things that we are having to process just in the past few years, past couple years, a lot of it really are are things beyond our control, right? So an unstable economy and catastrophic news, it feels like there's always something catastrophic going on and a global pandemic. And it just feels like we're getting hit by, by things that affect us greatly, but that we maybe feel like we don't have a say in or or an ability to kind of affect. That is true. And that is where anxiety and fear start. They are related to us wanting to be in control and not be helpless. So we experience more stress and more fear when we are experiencing helplessness over our circumstances. So if we feel that need to be in control, that's part of our trigger for being anxious and stressed and afraid and getting away from 
zeroing in on your circumstances that you can't control and instead focusing all of your thoughts on what is good. What do you have? What things are you thankful for? And who is in control? If you have a faith center, you can remind yourself that I can trust the one who is in control. Even when the circumstances look terrible, I can trust that he's still good and he's still with me. So take a break from all that media input about negativity and go out in nature and look at the things that show evidence of God's goodness, of things that are out in the elements even more than we are, but yet are centered in the control of the creator and are beautiful in his hands. And that is a way that naturally calms and relaxes the mind, the body, and the spirit all at the same time is to get out in nature and get in touch with nature. Research actually confirms that if we go outside and absorb some vitamin D from the sunshine and we get some fresh air and we connect with our favorite places in nature, whether it's a walk in the trees or to go out by a lake or to just look through your window if it's too freezing cold outside at that moment, but somehow connect with nature, even if you have to pot some plants inside your house, it is reviving to your health to be connected with things that are organic. Well, you know, I hadn't thought about having plants inside. My daughter actually, she shared on a previous episode, she has depression and anxiety and she does a lot of great self-care practices, but she does have her entire kitchen is practically a garden. So that's interesting how she, I don't know if she does, she, I think maybe it just, it might just inherently make her feel calmer and maybe that, that arose from there. But I like how you talked about too, reminding ourselves of God's goodness. And yesterday, my husband and I, we were heading somewhere that we knew had a high potential to be a tense, unpleasant situation and that we didn't have control over the what we might encounter. And I was feeling so anxious and I was reading a book and something in the book just reminded me of what you said, to to pause and and to think about all the ways that God had worked in kind of a similar, in, in similar situations. And so my husband and I, we just started listing them out verbally together. And it was so calming because it reminded me that God was had supernatural power, that he often does the miraculous and that he has surprised us so often. So I love how you how you mentioned that. And what would you say? So sometimes I feel like because I, I work from home and I think our the the standards seem to continually rise in our society. And sometimes it can feel like we don't have time to to get out. And like I know today I'm gonna go for a run and I'm preparing for a conference this weekend. I really don't have time to go for a run, <laughs> but I'm going to anyway. And so what would you say to people if they're like, you know what, I want to get outside, but I've got, I, I'm a, a mom, I work full time, I maybe volunteer at the church. What, how would you help them just to find pockets of time? You have to make time. You're not going to find pockets of time. And putting your self-care first makes you more efficient at the things that you do later. So after you go for the run, you'll find that you are mentally charged, that you have more energy and that you can focus on the tasks that you have before you. Whereas if you don't go for that run, Jennifer, you may come through the rest of your day and sort of slog through and not ever be able to do your best. 
So it's better to, as they say in that one story about the guy who chopped all day long in the lumberjack contest and the other guy who stopped every hour and took a break sharpening his axe, the guy who took the break won the contest because he took the time to sharpen his axe. And if you're not taking care of your body, your body will break down and stop you and make you pay attention eventually. So if you take care of your health first, even if it's only 10 minutes a day, and that goes for taking care of your mind, taking care of your body and taking care of your soul. So you need to take that time to pray. You need to take time to go for that run or that walk. Even if it's only 20 minutes a day, I'll multitask when I'm walking on the treadmill. That's one of the things that I like to do my training times for. So I'll do my training times while I'm walking. You can't do two mental tasks at the same time. People get more anxious and more stressed by trying to multitask cognitive things. You cannot multitask cognitive things. But if you do a learning activity or a cognitive activity while doing bipedal activity, it actually increases your brain's effectiveness in that cognitive activity. So you can learn more if you're learning while you're walking. Interesting. Well, and I also find too, a lot of my anxiety is related to relationship. And especially, you know, I'm a mom and I want to be a good mom. And and I, I think like most moms, I worry. And so especially like when my daughter was a teenager, it seemed like there's a lot to worry about. She's a great kid, but just in our world, there was a lot to worry about. And I found when I would take that time and just go for a run, that was also when God would speak to me. And so I could sit here and fret and worry and try to come up with the solution on my own that probably led to a greater mess, or I could go for a run and inevitably I would feel God speak to my soul in a way that was not only calming, but felt very insightful for for her heart specifically and her situation specifically. Mm, I think that's true because we take the time to get away from our blue screens, to get away from the negative input and to go and just seek God and be alone with him in that space of nature where his creation is all around us. And then we can hear him because we've taken out all of those other distractions and we can focus better. So it really is a really wonderful thing to go outside and do prayer walks or prayer runs runs like you're doing. I don't run unless something's chasing me, but I like to go for a walk and pray. <laughs> so That's awesome. Well, and I think too, I, I will often say, and I, I say to myself, if I have more to do than time to do it in, I'm probably taking on things that God hasn't assigned. And something I read years ago, I, I don't remember, it was by a pastor. I don't remember which pastor, but he said something like, we're going to cheat somewhere, which means we're going to basically, to put it simple, put it in other words, we're going to drop a ball somewhere. And so he was encouraging us to be intentional. And sometimes I have to remind myself, because especially again, I'm going to bring it back to relationships. That's for me, that's a big, a big part. Well, and a big part of what I want to be my life. And so when relationships bump against to-do list and I have to make that choice, sometimes I have to pause and say, okay, what ball am I going to drop right now? And then that makes me feel it was a conscious choice. And so somehow that helps alleviate my anxiety as well. Yeah. And we can also also kind of think about what are the things that only I can do? There are a lot of things that you can delegate that you think you have to do. Like the laundry, I kind of like look over the laundry and go, there's a certain way I want that done, but is it okay if my husband does it his way or do I really have to do it my way? And delegating some of those things and letting other people do it, even if it's not perfect, 
and take some of that stress down. Or you can benefit somebody. If you have the extra money to hire somebody to do something, you're blessing them by doing that. You're giving somebody some income. So you may be able to kind of delegate by hiring people to do some things or rating some things that you can do for them that is easier and faster for you to do. And they can do some things for you. So looking at how you can be creative with your time by not doing things that you don't really have to personally do. When it comes to relationships, you're the only mom that your kids have. So that would be a higher priority. When it comes to your soul, you are the only one that can do your prayer time. Nobody else can do that. You can't delegate that. That has to come first. Exercise, nobody can do that for you. Oh, wouldn't that be nice if they could, but they can't. And it's not going to benefit your brain. Exercise actually changes your brain's ability to produce the serotonin and dopamine and all of those wonderful chemicals that we have created within us to help us feel good and regulate our emotions. If we're not exercising, we're probably not giving our brain the best chance it has to regulate stress and anxiety. Yeah. And I think, you know, it can feel, if you're not used to exercising, it can feel challenging initially. And it may not, and I think too, as we age, I don't know how old you are, Tina, you don't have to tell me and I won't share how old I am. But I think as we age, it it doesn't feel as good all the time to exercise. And so it's it's that delayed gratification, right? Like right now in this moment, it would feel much better to sit and eat my potato chips. <laughs> but I'm going to be thinking long-term of what's better for me tomorrow. And I love what you talked about delegating. I was actually just reading about Moses's account in Numbers chapter 11 today. And so Moses was the man that got God called to liberate his people, the ancient Israelites from 400 years of slavery. And it was just an overwhelming task. And there's, I mean, they were a complaining, whining, disobedient, rebellious bunch. And there was one place where he just gets overwhelmed. And he's like, who am I basically to lead these people? And I wonder how many times our listeners are feeling that way. Just overwhelmed. Who am I to lead this team? Who am I to lead this project? And I think sometimes God is saying, well, yeah, maybe you need to get help with that. Just like he said to Moses, he said, find 72 people. And I think to help you. And I think that probably in the moment felt uncomfortable. Yeah. It's probably hard to trust people with parts of our ministry and our work and the things that we want done just a certain way. But we have to also remember that when we're allowing people to be in relationship with us and with one another to do these things together, that's also a blessing, the people that you're allowing to take on some of that responsibility. So you can bless people by delegating and you can also bless more people by doing the things that God designed you to do better when you're only doing what he's asking you to do. And the important thing is, even in ministry, even in our work, even in those times when we have those things that only I can do, really, I'm not doing the heavy lifting and reminding ourselves that the heavy lifting is the Holy Spirit. The heavy lifting is already done by Jesus, who said it is finished on the cross. He's done all this work for us. He's prepared that work in advance for us to do. But really, we're kind of just sitting on our Father Creator's lap and doing work with Him at the workbench. He's really doing most of the actual work. We're just participating with Him because He loves us and He wants us to be close to Him when this work is getting done. When I, I love what you talked about like with the delegating that, you know, maybe the towels won't get done as you desire. Maybe the dishes won't be put away as you desire. Maybe that project won't be done 
exactly as you wanted. But I always think of choosing peace over perfection and kind of mm-hmm. looking at the, the I, I'm a ministry leader. And so I hand off a lot and people are in a stage of growing and learning and everybody you hand off something to, they've got their own flavor. They've got their own way of doing it, which is good and healthy. And I continually have to ask myself, which, which task, which, which role, which process, which out, output is worth my putting my hand in. And then if I put my hand in, it means I'm not taking care of something. So it's it's always, again, like drop, which ball am I going to drop and which am I going to entrust? And so many of the things that I could get, and I have an amazing team, I will say, but the, so many of the things I could get worked up over, if I look at the big scale, maybe they ran an event differently than I than I would but it still got done and lives were still changed. And so I have to, um, I have to evaluate that. And usually when I slip into the controlling, it's because I'm, I'm giving into insecurity and fear and pride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are all related, aren't they? Isn't that funny how, when we let go of the things that we can trust God with, then we don't have as much fear. The enemy really wants us to think we have to be in charge. That goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden when he says, you can be like God. Well, we do want to be like God, don't we? We want to be in charge of it all. We want to make sure that we're the masters of our fate and we have everything done exactly the way we want, but we're really not going to ever be in charge of it all. We don't have that kind of power. We are not God. And trying to be God when we can't be is stressful because we're trying to be something that we cannot be. And yet that is our most human, most original temptation that each of us is faced with every day. So if you're hearing this, don't feel condemned. This is what we all face. We all run into this perfectionism, this wanting to make sure we get it all done the right way. Everybody faces that. But taking a moment to pray and say, God, what is more important in this moment? And letting him direct that. That's where he is just masterful at being the ultimate source of all wisdom in the universe, he doesn't want to hold back on us. He's not going to say, well, I'm just not going to tell you. I want you to figure it out. He's going to actually answer us and guide us and lead us to the things that will bring peace. Things of God are things of peace, things of love, things of grace. The things of the enemy want to get us all worked over details that aren't really as important as God's love, loving him, loving others. Those are the main things. Keep it the main thing. Love God and love others. And we get all distracted with these things that the enemy and the world want us to be distracted with so easily. Yeah. You know, I love this quote by Warren Wearsby. And so he said, we are either fashioning ourselves by pressure from without, or we are transforming our lives by power from within. And then he says, the difference is, is worship. And I think worship is ascribing God, the value of who he is, what he's capable of, what he's promised, what he's done. And so again, just like what you said originally, reminding ourselves of his goodness, I always will, when I'm kind of leaning towards wanting control, I have to pause and say, do I really want Jennifer Slattery to be in control? Is that ever a good thing? No, I want God to be guiding my life because he has all wisdom and all power. And I certainly, I certainly don't. And you talked about kind of hitting pause and I was reading a book, it's called Selah by Nancy Carmichael. Have you read that book or heard of it? I've heard of it. It sounds beautiful. It's a really great book. And one thing, she has a practice where once a year, she takes a full day to evaluate her life and her schedule. And then she 
she considers like, is everything pointing towards, she calls it the message of her life, but basically towards what God is calling, calling her to do. And, and is anything kind of hindering that and pointing away from that? And I found with me, I can easily just allow my schedule to get filled with stuff without even being aware of it. And sometimes I'll look back and I'll say, wow, how did I get so busy? And so I love her practice of periodically intentionally evaluating where she's spending her time. That sounds really good. And there are some things that we can do that are super important that don't seem important. Those things like exercise, those things like making sure that we eat food that nourishes our brain and gives us energy rather than things that will take that energy away and and not nourish the brain. So those are things that we can do practically speaking, that'll help prevent or limit the impact of the stressors in the world and anxiety that we're experiencing. There are some things that we can eat or drink that will not build resilience in our brains and our bodies against stress and anxiety and things that we can eat and drink that will build resilience within us against the oncoming stressors that we know we're going to encounter. We can become more able to respond well to the stress that we can't prevent. You know, and you had mentioned in an email conversation you and I had had a threefold approach to stress and anxiety. I would love to hear more about that because I think sometimes in the faith community, we can veer to forgetting, like we can, we can, we can forget that we're a whole person and, and kind of separate the different components of who we are. So I'd love to hear more about that. The thing is God created us as a whole person. In fact, the Bible talks to us about taking care of ourselves as whole people. He didn't mention a lot about exercise in the Old Testament and New Testament because people had to walk everywhere that they went. They got plenty of exercise naturally. So that wasn't mentioned as much. It does talk a little bit about not being a sluggard so that you don't sleep all day. So it does kind of lean in that direction, although it doesn't mention it specifically. But the brain is very, very specifically tied with what we put into it cognitively and emotionally. That is affected by what we think and what we put into our bodies physically helps our brains develop the neurochemistry that helps us to stay healthy and well emotionally. So when you address what you eat and drink, how well you're sleeping, which means you're going to have to cut off your technology at least an hour before you go to bed. So your brain will be able to produce the melatonin you need to go to sleep and don't work in bed and all of those good sleep hygiene things that you need to do. Get plenty of sleep. Hey, and the Bible does say that the Lord grants sleep to those he loves. The Bible actually addresses that. So it's not less scriptural to focus on your mental health and your physical health and your emotional health because scripture doesn't address that. You want to make sure you're watching your thought processes. What are you thinking about? What are you focused on? Limit those negative inputs as much as you can. If you are finding that social media is causing you to do comparison stress, where you're worried about, am I good enough? Am I as good as this person? Am I falling short? Then maybe you need to limit that input for a while until you can get your head back on straight and remind yourself that God doesn't have us compared to other people. We are each individually and uniquely loved by him, not in comparison to others. 
but only in comparison to what God says that we're becoming in him and through his power. So limiting those negative stressors from the crisis-oriented media and journalism today, they are trying to sell things through ads and commercials. They want to capture and keep your attention, and fear-mongering is a very effective way to do that. So you're going to see a lot of that in the news broadcasts. So limit that to what you really need to know, and you can take little vacations from social media if you need to. If you're feeling particularly overwhelmed with stress from world circumstances, take a vacation from it. Just don't pay attention to it. You can make sure that you only see the weather, which is really all you need to know from day to day, and then just focus on scripture instead and remind yourself that God is with you. This is also mental health oriented. What you think about will direct your emotional state. It is from your thoughts that your emotions come. And you can't directly change your emotion, but you can change what your thinking is. So if you know you have constant negative thoughts, write those out, write them down, get them out of your head. Because as long as they're just swirling around inside the stronghold of your mind, they're going to stay there and they're going to make all kinds of sense inside your head until you write them down or speak them and confess them to somebody who is trustworthy in your space. So get those thoughts out of your head. That's a way to deal with that cognitive mental piece of stress and anxiety. And then once you've identified what they are, find a truth. And this ties in scripturally as well, because Philippians tells us to take every thought captive, to make sure that you don't stay anxious about anything, but in everything in prayer and petition, present your requests to God and the peace of God will will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So God's peace guards us. So when you find those anxious thoughts, those things that are keeping you in a state of crisis, and then you can go to scripture and find, oh, well, I can trust God to be in charge of this. I can find a scripture that says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I don't have to worry about my appearance every second. Uh, You can find scriptures that counter those negative thoughts with God's truth. And every time that thought comes back, because it will, the enemy is not creative. He will attack us the same way over and over again. Then you will be armed with the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God against this negative thought. And they won't have as much power because you've got them outside of that strong space in the darkness in your head. And you can fight against them with the truth. So fighting your thought processes and getting the truth to be the engine so that your train of thought doesn't get off track, making sure that you've got that truth taking care of you mentally and also nourishing your body physically with plenty of water and omega-3 rich diet, making sure that you are doing complex carbohydrates instead of simple carbohydrates so you don't get a spike and a crash in your mood. I know when we're anxious and we're stressed, we're gonna crave those simple carbohydrates like sugar and white flour and all of those things, but that gives us a spike. That's why we crave it, but it also gives us a crash. And the crash is where we feel terrible afterwards. Instead of guilting yourself, tell yourself, and this is where the mental and the physical can go together. Tell yourself, I'm becoming healthy. I am making this good choice next time. And encourage yourself with who you are becoming. This is God's way of helping renew who we are. All throughout scripture, God would call someone by a new name according to who God said they were becoming, not according to who they'd ever been or even who they were in that moment. If you look at Gideon, mighty warrior, not so much, not in the moment that God met him in a pit, hiding from the enemy, 
trying to thresh wheat down in a pit in a wine press where you can't even thresh wheat. But God knew who Gideon was becoming. So he took him from that place of hiding and anxiety and said, in me, you are becoming a mighty warrior. So think about what God does to transform us and who he says we're becoming and make that your identity statement. Say, God is making me new in Christ. I'm an heir with Christ Jesus. I don't need to hide behind these lies, the enemy who's shaming me over my fear and my depression. So change your self-talk as well. And make sure that you move just a little bit. When you're exercising, that changes your inner chemistry and makes you more resilient to stress. So you respond better to stress in the future. It helps you to get out that stress energy that's in your system. And you don't have to do a run. You don't have to do a 45-minute workout at the gym with a boot camp trainer or anything like that, which is good because I wouldn't do it if I had to do that. <laughs> you, you just do, start with 10 minutes. If that's all you've got, 10 minutes is better than nothing. And I think we can do these things in bite-sized pieces and make them doable instead of overwhelming. Do one change at a time with your diet. Do one little few 10 minutes of study and meditation in the morning and really mean it, really focus on it. Instead of trying to do an hour and getting really distracted and not being able to be successful, just do what you can do and do it with all your heart and make sure that that is where you're focusing your mind and your body and your spirit all at the same time. These aren't separate components. They're very integrated components of who we are and all of them affect stress, anxiety, and well-being. Wow, a lot of really great stuff. A lot of stuff for uh, hopefully for our listeners to maybe some tools for them to try. Thank you so much for listening. We hope today was helpful. Tina, thank you for being with us here today. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity so much. Your ministry is beautiful and I wish you all the best and pray that God will continue to bless you and your ministry. Well, thank you so much. And to our listeners, thank you for listening. If you haven't already done so, we would encourage you to subscribe to this podcast. Then you won't miss a single episode. Make sure to rate it. That encourages us and it helps others to find it, share it with your friends. And until next time, may you live as one who truly has been set free. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Faith Over Fear, a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. To learn more about Jennifer Slattery or to check out any of the resources she mentioned in this episode, just head over to her website, jenniferslatterylivesoutloud.com, or check out our show notes. This episode was produced by Kelly Givens and edited by Stephen Sanders. A special thanks to our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey. For more Faith Toolkit podcasts like this, just head over to lifeaudio.com. Often we believe our questions mean we don't have faith, but I believe Jesus loves our questions. Our questions are windows into heaven. I'm Caden Fabrizio, and on the Questions with Caden podcast, we ask and answer one question per episode as relevantly and biblically as possible. Questions about fear, anxiety, depression, addiction, and so much more. Don't worry, your questions, they're not going to scare Jesus. So ask away. Listen and subscribe now at lifeaudio.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.